Podcaster. I am. Stop. Don't do that. You can kill a podcaster, but you can't kill a podcast. <laughs> we tread lightly. <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast here with a review of Judas. And the Black Messiah, the new film from Shaka King, now Shaka streaming King, Shaka King. on HBO Max and in theaters. Mm-hmm. So if it's safe where you are, you can go see it on the big, big screen. Um, but we do still have a raging virus um, in our parts of the world. So we do. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah. 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 I thought you dressed up like an old lady to get vaccinated. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I that was me. Mm-hmm. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. I'm Ernest. <laughs> I am uh Hunter. Oh, okay. Hunter A Cab Mobley. Is that what you wanted to hear? Is that what you were waiting for? All fat Damons are <laughs> bastards. All Jesse Plemons are bastards. Yeah, all, all Plemons are bastards. I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk about this movie. I'm very excited this to talk about this movie. This is the first big good movie of the year. Um, right out of the gate. You know, we got yeah. it, it. It's interesting this year with like all of the kind of switched around delayed release dates and the 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 weird eligibility windows for awards. This is technically a 2021 movie, mm-hmm. but it's like part of the 2020 Oscar award season. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's like the first big good movie of 2021. Man, yeah. It's I'm going to be frank. I like this better than anything I saw last year. I was going to say, <laughs> like, if this was I was actually going to ask that question to you guys. If this was a 2020 release, where would it? Yeah. Be in terms of, in terms of just like a well-rounded experience watching a movie where you are thoroughly entertained, the craft is there, the acting is off the charts. Uh, and and also it is handling a, a very crucial historical story that hasn't been properly handled in film before. Uh, it's it's really crazy how much it succeeds, especially before we even get into the movie. We got to talk about like Shaka King. Yeah, his story is is fascinating. He, so yeah, I but I listened to, to like the long interview with him on uh, Big Picture, not plugging other podcasts, <laughs> uh, but you know a pod. Uh, no, not even a podcast. I at I this don't listen at to this podcasts. at this point we should start doing ad reads for Sean Fenn. Yeah, it's honestly <laughs> yeah. bullshit. I, yeah, I don't even think he's that great. Um, no one out pizzas the hut. So Shaka King, uh, I, you know, the first thing you notice when you look up his IMDb is, uh, not a lot there. And what is there? There's like a weed comedy, newly weeds there's, there. And then there's like some like older, like very young filmmaker type stuff. Uh, the more interesting thing before I listened to this interview that I was like floored by is that the Lucas brothers co-wrote this. Yep insane because i saw it in the credits yeah. and i was like that can't yeah like be. wait what that, if, those are different lucas if, yeah, yeah if you're not familiar listener you actually probably are it's the two it's two 
uh, like identical twin stand-up comedian brothers who have a very laid-back like stoner comedian vibe. They're always like finishing each other's sentences. They they always dress in like cool hats and glasses. Mm-hmm. I was never a big fan of their comedy for the same reason that I uh, w- couldn't get super into Lil Dicky's music because I could tell that they were like putting on a, a persona and really there was more going on like than what they were giving us Mm -hmm. and uh that's quite true as it turns out i would never have expected them to uh well first of all write this script with shaka king which is an incredible script it's brilliant but well they had they had the first version of it before king became involved but it's like like it's mentioned on that podcast of course there are a ton of fred hampton's uh scripts just sitting around in hollywood like it's a huge pivotal story and for them to be the ones who get it through is is awesome well also to that point it's kind of the irony of shaka king's career so king uh made his first film newlyweeds premiered at sundance back in 2013 and it never really got a full release because uh, studios basically told him that it's too black for us. We can't sell a movie with that many black people. It shows how different even 2013 was from now. Yeah. Um, Honestly, 2013, I'm imagining it. I'm like, yeah, 2013, 2013, there weren't that many movies like this. But the thing that came out of that, that was one of the reasons why this movie got made was despite Newlyweeds not getting picked up, Shaka King developed a really, really good relationship with Ryan Coogler. Daddy Coogs. That was Coogler uh, unveiled Fruitvale that same year. And Fruitvale, everybody instantly fell in love with. And they were like, this is the guy who we are penciling in. And they were like, we can only choose one person of color at this film (laughs) festival to highlight. So, And and Fruitvale is a very like... Uh, it's it's good for like teaching white people that's sympathy a, for that black is a people, that is know? a Sundance movie yeah in every sense of the word um <laughs> so this bad. is you know if you want to look at the silver lining of Coogler being tied up in the fucking Marvel universe which I still wish he weren't but he has so much power the clout to, to man get, yeah he's bringing uh, he's the rising tide you know and uh so this gets made largely because of Daddy Coogs. After years and years in development, because yeah. they the the Lucas brothers already had a version of the script done, and then by the time that Shaka King and his and his writer writing partner Will, Will Burson, yeah, uh, it took them a few years to actually get it off the ground, and they didn't really start actively working on it until like 2016, mm-hmm. and now we're in 2021 seeing it. He's so kind it's of like, like it's a long journey. He's one of those like, I mean, he's already going to become because this movie will get awards credit, probably will get some wins, hopefully, if there's justice in this world. And like, it's it's, it's a great success story because he was a person who tried to make a movie, failed, and then was like, well, I guess I'll just take a job directing TV. He did yeah. a couple episodes of High Maintenance, did a few episodes of Shrill mm-hmm. on Hulu. Yeah, he he's he's on the come up uh one of someone i follow on letterbox said like can't wait to see shaka king tackle the mcu now <laughs> which that does suck yeah hopefully that doesn't happen i hope that doesn't happen this um, is so much more interesting this is an yes. odd, well yeah. yeah another thing that really stuck out to me during that interview is that their angle was we want the departed but in the black panther community the black panthers because that's the angle they take in in writing this movie is it's it's a uh, a plant it's mm-hmm. a crime movie. It's, it's a, a crime yes. thriller. It's a mole movie. Yeah, that's it, what yeah. escalates it over like 
99.9% of all other biopics of this yeah, thing because it is it, we Judas is the main character in a lot of ways. Yeah, even though you're not necessarily totally ruining for him, he's not a very sympathetic character. You can find sympathy for him, sure. Um but it, it is based on a real uh mole <laughs> that was in uh the Black Panther party in in Chicago named William O'Neill. Uh in this movie, it is Lakeith Stanfield, and he is reporting directly to Jesse Plemons, who owns Hard, obviously. Um, it's it's a great way to dive into this community because you get like the fish out of water thing with like a mole movie, like where you get, you know, they have the excuse to introduce you to like what the whole, you know, scene is, like where the movie will take place. But also it's not like just like a newcomer, like you have to think about his stakes, like his uh, dramatic irony going on in the entire film. Uh, it's it's handled so well, I thought. Like, it's just... That brings so much entertainment value that wouldn't be there if we were just getting the history straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how... I mean, I guess there's, like, certain things. I want to not say too much about the plot of this movie because, to be honest, I didn't know this story. I knew Fred Hampton and who he was but i did not know the william o'neill character i had no i well, never heard the name i didn't even Bill know i didn't even know really i know fred hampton was somebody from the black panther party like that's yeah. really the extent yeah that exactly I knew. like that's it like but i mean they don't teach you about fred hampton in history school they I, and i i'm thinking history class i go to history school, school. <laughs> history school I'm thinking they will. Um, I'm I'm thinking that in the near future, the Black Panthers will get a little bit better of a shake in in textbooks because a large part there are two reasons that they don't. One is because they were more militant uh, and like willing to. You they, know, were, they were a radical. Yeah, group. they were very willing to crack eggs to make the omelet uh, of racial justice. Uh, I hate that I just made that metaphor. Um, and then number two, they were very socialist. And yeah. that is a side of the Black Panther Party that got, has gotten no airtime when anyone discusses even the good side of what like Malcolm X or whoever did. No one talks about how socialist the Black Panther Party was. Yeah, what was it a few uh, like a week or two ago whenever this movie uh, first came out and people first saw this movie and there was people on Twitter like patting themselves on the back for like seeing this movie and they're like, oh yeah. And they kept, uh, I saw like a bunch of like, politicians and uh people like figures that would like use like a partial fred hampton quote that's just like something about how we need to come together and all this kind yeah. of stuff and the second part was just like because capitalism is corrupt and socialism is the only way that we can move forward yeah we, change. we and, won't fight capitalism with black capitalism we'll fight yeah, it with socialism exactly um yeah and so fred hampton was a absolute like lightning rod speaker like he was he is one of the you know, by any account of anyone who heard him or knew him, he is one of the greatest speakers yeah. ever. Um, and it's very clear, like a lot. It's like Shaka King says, like they could just use a lot of shit that he wrote and said. And it's just fucking incredible writing. Yeah. yeah the the best or at least my favorite scene in this movie is just a speech that he gives. Yeah. It's so electrifying. Wildly good. And this speaker. is a movie with like shootouts and like in action. Not, I mean, not crazy action, but like, you know kind of more conventional crime thriller set pieces more stakes mm. um, tons of stakes but there's this speech that is so 
yeah fucking it's, electric and, I, and he's giving all these speeches when he's a late teen like early early yeah, 20 2021 so to That's that point crazy we gotta talk about daniel kaluuya this is yeah. like lebron james in game one of 2018 nba finals like this is like one of those things where you're like i cannot believe what i'm watching like i it's one of those unmistakable performances that like this is the thing like if this doesn't win an oscar then just like fucking cancel the awards like this is chadwick no but the thing is so i mean to that point they're doing a strategic move and they are running uh, Daniel Kaluuya and supporting actor. Wow. So, yeah, which is so that is a marketing thing. Yeah. Because and the winner of supporting actor is Chadwick Boseman in Defy Bloods. <laughs> <laughs> they just get fucked. They, get, they give him two. Yeah. <laughs> they just give him best and supporting. Um, that's, I mean, that's I, interesting. But, but he he kind of is he the supporting is, in it, this movie. You know, it kind of reminds me whenever I saw that it reminds me. Like on the other end of we were just talking about training day last week and how like Denzel is the supporting. But you're like, come on, that dude's a fucking lead actor. Yeah. I felt the same way about Daniel Kaluuya in this movie where he has such a presence throughout this entirety of this movie that. Yeah, he really like they are kind of co-leads. In this that way. this movie showed me a different gear that he has that I didn't know he had, basically. And like, I feel like I, he has even more. Oh, of course, he's so young. He's hardly had <laughs> yeah. the chance to do everything he can. But like. This the the how dynamic this performance is and how flat it could have been in the wrong hands. Uh, it it showed me that he is capable of taking. He's capable of being like a movie star star. Yeah, like yeah. he's like you know what I mean. He's capable of like selling movies. Like, I, I I had I had a a thought that was it was funny. I heard uh, I think it was Chris Ryan or Andy Greenwald like echo it, but I had it like while I was watching the movie. Reminds me of like Dustin Hoffman, like mm-hmm. early days, mm-hmm. you know, like in Midnight Cowboy or The Graduate. Yeah, you, you like, can't take your eyes off him. Yeah. Um, and even even Lakeith has that energy. Oh. Actually, I'd probably say like Lakeith even more so because Kaluuya is honestly more of like he's more of like a De Niro type. He's more kind of big. Uh, Hoffman was the the one who was like a little bit more subdued. Which yeah, Lakeith, Lakeith is weird. Lakeith, yeah, Lakeith is a little bit of the weirdo here. And I, I'm a little bit torn about Lakeith in this movie because you you need this character to be this sort of deceiving guy for it to work, which lends itself to you not fully connecting with him emotionally, even though he is your in to the story, he is your protagonist essentially. The Kaluuya's uh, Fred Hampton character is not the protagonist of the of the story as it's yeah. being told. So it's tough. So it's it's a little bit. I am a little torn because I'm like, I wish that Fred Hampton was the protagonist of this movie, but the way that's not the way they wanted to tell the story. It's a very direct choice to make Lakeith Stanfield's uh, Bill O'Neill, the protagonist. And it's, I can see, I understand why that choice was made and it's a good choice. I'm not saying they made the wrong choice. It's just that because of the way the character is written and because of the performance, you are wanting to gravitate more towards Fred Hampton towards Kaluuya and not the character that's presented as the protagonist. Yeah. I think the issue there is they stayed true to real life because uh, like Shaka says in that interview, like not much at all is known about William O'Neill. Not like there's hardly any, like he is not 
even he's like a footnote in the actual story of Fred Hampton. Right. Um, They must have invented a lot. Yeah. But from what they could glean about him, he wasn't like because like the best way to write this to have a good protagonist is like he doesn't want to do it at all. Like he you know, he's really, truly just stuck. And in this, you can tell because they they figured out that like this is a guy who just like wants power over people like it's not a good guy. Yeah. Like the real William O'Neill wasn't a guy who just got purely extorted. He also was like into it. Yeah. So I um I was actually I was listening to a uh, a podcast with Justin Charity and Micah Peters of The Ringer. God damn. Um, <laughs> and they were kind of talking about how like. And I even went and I watched some of his interview. They did the All Eyes on Us. Uh, I believe that's what it's called. Um, what it's, we see in the in the movie itself. Yeah, um, that's like a snippet of like an hour long video. I watched some more of it, where like they're always referring as to like we and us for both the FBI and the Black Panthers. And the way that they were talking about it is like they almost Shaka King is trying to make less so like it's it's more so paying homage to judas himself than it is to william o'neill and there's so many biblical judas well yeah and i mean if you look at this there's just like this is the story of like the death of christ like it really is laid out perfectly in this movie like down to like him getting the penance and kind of a last supper moment that he has with his disciples i was running through my head the whole time i was watching it and then they said the whole comment about judas and i was like yes that's exactly right that they really are trying to show this as a man who william o'neill i mean he says in the movie like oh yeah like i'm not political and i think that shaka and then do believe that he is not wholly political whenever they ask him like how'd you feel about mlk dying or malcolm x and he's just like oh i don't really think about that stuff he's a person who's just solely focused on material gains it's and on yeah he's he is he's just gollum and <laughs> i think that, up, i think yeah. that one of the things that the movie does a little bit if anything i feel like it maybe it would have been better with the younger actor is showcasing that bill o'neill was 19 Oh, wow! This happened. Yeah. You don't realize that, that Lakeith is ten years older than the character. I mean, Kalu- yeah, Kalu- Kalu- is a great is deal ten older years than older than as well. And I think that if they, but I don't want had... this movie starring like children. Exactly. Well, I don't want to be like the, the kid line. from like Detective Pikachu or do whatever. Do you want? Do you want like a worse <laughs> cast, but that's no. closer to the age? No. So yeah, I'd, I would take this over that. But it's it's, it's just tough. A, it's yeah. a tricky thing to do. Yeah, because you don't want to paint him as sympathetic when he did directly. He fucked shit up pretty yeah. bad. I'm I mean, a- the movie is called Judas and the Black Messiah, which, by the way, great fucking Incredible title. title. We're like, talking yeah, about no, great titles. One of the better titles I've ever heard. You yes. know what the movie is right off the bat because of the title. Like, it, it, there is this inherent, like, tragedy mm-hmm. to the story just based on the fucking title of the movie. Um, and, you know, I think that, at least for me, those those complaints of some of the storytelling and I guess the, the unfocused nature of like the characters that you want to gravitate toward that you want to gravitate towards. I think that that doesn't really take away from like how well the movie is made because no. it's so well directed and the performances are so fucking it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and it's not just, it's not just the, the names we mentioned. This is an ensemble movie. Like the, everyone down the list is delivering. Dominique Fishberg 
Yeah, from Fishback, the Deuce. Who I yeah, I've never seen her in anything I, before, and she oh, she's brings, so good. I mean, this film, like listening to interviews and stuff like that, it makes a lot of sense uh, that Shaka King would go this direction because Shaka King has said before, like his favorite filmmakers are like Bong Joon Ho and Lee Chang Wong. Uh, park and stuff like that people who have like genre fluidity that they're able to kind of we're going to do some drama and then we're going to have some crime and there's going to be a love story and it can kind of flow seamlessly and that's one thing this movie does and Domin- Dominique Fishback like provides like a real sense of heart and romance to this yes. story that was something that I didn't really think that I wanted going into this. I was like, no, give me back to the speeches and everything. But she really does push this movie up yeah, a level. And and like I said, the, the reason that this movie, uh, a big reason it flows so well um, and it never becomes, you know, a history lesson is that the ever increasing amount of stakes for everybody involved and yeah. like their relationship and her uh, ultimate pregnancy is like a huge part of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that adds stakes for her, for him. Uh, for us because we may or may not know what's going to fucking go down like it's it just adds the movie has an awesome crescendo for something that is like doing a pretty decent job of actually representing what happened in real life uh it's awesome and uh also another uh another pitfall that i was 100 percent expecting is with the plemons character he he could have. We've seen Plemons do so much more than what he does. Oh, in of this course, movie. not not with his yeah. acting. He I love his acting always, but the way that that character is handled, I, the pitfall would have been no turn. Yeah, like and that is so what I was expecting, just because I've watched so many shitty fucking movies where it's like, well, this white man does have a heart of gold at the end. Yeah. Of yeah. No, it's, he doesn't. It, well, but it shows the shades of racism in this movie, which is really. It's it's yeah. something that this movie taps into really well. Is where, not it, it's the problem. Yeah, like, where it has Jesse Plemons is the casual complicit racist, and then he gets in a room with Martin Sheen, who says, "What's going to happen when your infant daughter brings home a black man?" Yeah, who's playing J. Edgar Hoover, by the way. Martin yeah, Sheen. Uh, which not, by not no, playing he's Martin playing Sheen. Martin Sheen. <laughs> no, <let's laughs> Martin not. Sheen's racist. By the way, the the genius. I I don't know what levels of like just fourth dimensional thinking and these casting directors are doing but the genius of casting martin sheen as j edgar hoover after he played not only president bartlett (laughs) who's like the golden beacon of democratic uh liberal Mm. fantasy and the lead cop in the departed (laughs) yeah in this movie as like the cartoonish racist villain is just yeah just galaxy brain i think that i love because normally in a movie like this having somebody as cartoonishly racist i wouldn't like as much but the fact that he is playing j edgar hoover well and j edgar hoover was cartoonish yes exactly j edgar fully just go on j edgar hoover's wikipedia for a quick dive of like this was one of the most vile human beings to ever hold any office in this country yeah like if you think it's a caricature like sorry dude (laughs) history history is pretty bad and you know when it comes to the way like obviously you know that character only has what two scenes or something, he's but not, he, he's not he, all over he, it. He he holds this like weight over all of the the characters and everything that we see in the movie. But the 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 versions of these people that we see in the movie they 
you know, obviously they're based on real people, but as as far as the characters go, there is this idea of them like being part of this grander plan, right? Mm-hmm. And that's may or may not have been what it was like in in real life, but it certainly feels that way. And um again, it's just like being pawns. It's like everybody in this story is a pawn to this grander scheme this grander game that's being played they, it, and that scene that where hampton talks about like how politics is war without bloodshed and 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 war is politics with bloodshed like mm-hmm. that just kind of is a little bit of the thesis of the movie because every character is in some way upon in this in this war and mm-hmm. even especially bill o'neill especially um whatever the the guys who plays a uh, Plemons is called Mitchell I believe um he is a pawn just like his buddy you know and just like the guy that he's playing it's it's all part of this like grander thing that um feels so unfortunate that is still going on today this was in the 60s now we're in the 2020s and obviously it's not as like uh, overt as it was back then you know we don't have a, an active black panther party anymore but the problems are still there and i think that that's like one of the amazing things about this movie is that it shows this very direct line from the height of the civil rights era to now um and i just wish that we had more stories like this that that really showed that in such a real raw way because mm-hmm. If I, I feel like if we had that, we wouldn't have the, the problems that we have in our society. If, if, if it was more of a commonplace, accepted thing in pop culture to tell stories of, of that time period as they were, as raw and real as they were, mm. shit wouldn't be so bad today because we would understand what these people had to go through in the peak of like when Martin and fucking Malcolm were getting assassinated. So what, what you're saying shit. is that cinema can change the world. It, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't hurt for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are now, this is one of those things I was thinking about this while watching this movie is that like, or after I'd finished watching this movie is like, I know that it sucks that movie theaters still have to be closed, but this is one of the things that makes me so happy that HBO Max, that HBO did this deal. Yeah. That they just put these movies, because more people are going to see this movie since they can see it in their home than go to a movie theater and spend money to see a movie about uh, Black Panthers. And it transfers really well at home. I, I didn't feel like it lost anything. Obviously, you lose like the communal experience right. yeah, that's of it, the, the thing, energy of my, the crowd. My but, gut instinct was if this is the first movie I was purely wishing i could see in a packed theater yeah but a lot of people are not going to go to any movie with the name black messiah in it mm-hmm. like that alone will get people to not it, and even not even like just purely racist people but like the more complicit style people who are like well that's just not for me like, right you know that's not that's not my business um and then all like the fact that this movie delves into the politics of it the socialism the outright racism informing american government um but again it is 
just a great movie outright yeah that's the thing is this movie is just a man it's a movie like yeah. it feels like a fucking movie when you watch it it's a tight two hours it's, yeah like we were talking it about it builds it crescendos it ends yeah and it's a movie like the third act pays off really fucking well for a movie where you know where it's going yeah it it just it owns hard it's it's well directed uh insanely well cast I just I love all the little avenues that we go down because of the script. Like I I love the little intersectional fuse that they have with like I forget the name, but like the the militia of like MLK, uh, like the older heads, the crowns, oh, the crowns, yeah, the yeah. crowns. Like there's there's those guys. I love all the interactions I, between the two. I mean, that's just kind it's of. I mean, shit. it's a credit to Fred Hampton as a person and Daniel Kaluuya and his performance. That like, I mean. Fred Hampton put together the Rainbow Coalition. That's something they did where he was able to unite Black Panthers, who were seen as this vast, radical, militaristic view. They were able to get white people. They were able to get Puerto Ricans. They were able to bring these people together for Mm. justice. And that's something that nobody else could really do at that time, aside from the all-time greats. Mm -hmm. Also, got to give credit to Kaluuya being thick. Yeah, Yeah, he did thicken up for this. He got built. There's one scene with him and uh dominique were like i was like that's not him <laughs> what I, I wonder if he was like wearing some extra shit Dude. because he has a different build it's not just like getting thick like he it looks like a linebacker <laughs> just the way he moves too like he's just absolutely masterful it's in this movie another thing uh i was like i read it uh somewhere they like talk about um it's funny now seeing this movie like after and then just going back and like watching like a movie like Black Panther where Daniel Kaluuya is in and he just has like three lines and just kind of like he gives one of those like little smirks. He's just like, I got this performance in me. Just just know that you've seen it yet. But it's I, fucking again, it's I, fucking I feel like we haven't even seen. The half of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this performance in particular, in my mind, like vaulted him to a one. Like I need yeah. to I want to see him getting like you said, like like almost like De Niro roles, Pacino roles, like whatever the fuck i want to see him i want to see him going crazy Mm -hmm. like i want to see him being nuts in a movie and make heat too with lakeith stanfield and daniel kaluuya dude do you know how fucking good that would be (laughs) stanfield stanfield is good i mean obviously kaluuya is like the the supreme one of of the but stanfield kind of has a more difficult performance that he has to give like he is having to play really two different characters that are at war with each other and it's and the real him does is like doesn't have an identity yeah like the like william o'neill and like when he's playing just like a guy talking to the fbi agent has no emotions he just wants to get what he can get like yeah that's that's a hard character you're right like it's just tricky man to make us care that was my biggest like gripe with the movie yeah i can agree at certain points it like i like that thought crossed my mind of like i I don't like they kind of are in a corner because it is based on a real guy. It, I just wanted I wanted the movie to ju- when I felt like disconnected from Bill O'Neill and I felt like I didn't know this guy or what why he was doing what he was doing or what he was after, what his motivation was. All I could think about was like, let me just go see what fred hampton is up to like that's an amazing character amazing performance like why isn't the movie revolving around that but i understand the choice of centering your movie around this other character because it's it's more it's it's more interesting even if even if it causes you to not like connect to 
the story on like that more kind of focused emotional through line, it is more interesting to like be to follow that character rather than like what the easy more traditional yeah, route. That's you're, the, you, thing. the movie wants to keep you with this character but keep you arm's distance away from this character more, at all times yeah more interesting stuff gets to happen because we follow him he's just not as interesting a character i mean exactly like but what's happening is is better than if we were just watching a great man be great it's fine i think that <laughs> like, Keith, like it's better that's that's a role that even almost even more than kaluuya is entirely made in the performance that like i think that if a not a great actor is playing the bill o'neill part i think this movie could fall apart it's yeah I, I almost like i'm trying to figure out how they could have made it clear to us that his motivation was truly just to get what he wanted i mean they did a pretty good job because it starts with him like boosting the car or just straight which by the way i mean boosting. just showing like shaka king knows how to just like turn on a camera and make it look beautiful yeah see him just like pacing around outside the bar and everything yeah it's in, just in that one the the amount of deception that you get because of that character too even from that first scene uh that's departed stuff like mm -hmm. that stuff where like any scene no matter what's happening has stakes even if the scene itself has no stakes this man is undercover, so it automatically has stakes. Like, remind it's a cheat me code for making tense movies. Remind me about Leo's character in The Departed. Do we get any insight into like his home life? Isn't like Vera Farmiga his wife or something? No, he's not his wife. He is in love with her. Yeah. She's just like, she, I, you know, they're like trying to, to they're the trying movie? to get microchips from the Chinese. Because I, I feel like <laughs> this movie's I, better than The Departed. I feel no, like it's a fucking no. Mess. It's you. You say that, but like it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun movie. That's so dismissive. Like you need to just watch it. I think you've heard too many people say I that it's just, a mess. I watched it like Dude, three months ago. It's it just feels like an all time movie when you watch it. When was the last time you watched it? Like two years ago. It's like not I, even in the top. 10 of Scorsese movies. That's psycho. You're out of your mind. I that's I mean, I can list Scorsese movies, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. Oh, I can just name so many just, movies they uh, have that's, that are better. That's than really him. like cool. Well, you're just is, wrong. Like you know only, movies, you're wrong. Silence. Though. The part of it is just awesome. This is the only one that has Mark Wahlberg in it. So <laughs> and, 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 he that and that you Oscar. know what? I've always you always say that Mark Wahlberg is the best actor in Hollywood. He too. earned that fucking no, this is the only movie he's ever just I, I was like, yeah, no, give it to him. Like this man is he's out of his I love mind. The, I love The Departed. Oh my god. I do love The Departed. My, it has four stars in my letterbox. I love The Departed. My, my question though is like we get that insight into Leo's like more kind of home life yeah, yeah. in in the movie. In Judas, we don't get anything uh from Lakeith's home life. He doesn't have He doesn't have one exactly. Yeah. Like that's the thing is Where like, does he live? <laughs> exactly. I kept asking he just, like, my lives like at the commune, I guess. And then just just like, "Hey guys, I'm going out for uh food." And then just goes and meets up with Jesse Plemons. And they're like, "Hey, did you just like get new work done on your car? Where are you coming into all this money?" I I kept asking myself questions like that like like what is this guy's life outside of the yeah, stuff that we it's see sort in the of, movie? It's it's I think that the ideal lies somewhere in between these two movies because The Departed is a mess and stuff should have been cut out of it. But I like that we saw like too much, if anything, in that movie. Uh, Judas I, just feels so much more kind of like to the point, you know. He he exists as like uh he exists as like a plot. Yeah, like he is plot. Like he is bringing the entire plot to this movie. Mm. Uh, 
it still just rules. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a tough fucking um, role to make work. One one thing that I found myself thinking that I thought was interesting was because Shaka King's background and like his ethos, what he stated he seeks to do, this I thought this movie could have been a little funnier. It's yeah. Like yeah, it, it has like that, a couple, it has mini a couple little, moments, but there's no, yeah. there's no laughs. Uh, obviously you don't want it to be like a riot fest. Of course it's a romp, but it's just funny that this, you know, this is Shaka King and the Lucas brothers. Maybe they felt they needed to prove that they, that's not just what they can do, but it just seemed like if you're going to part, departed is like hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, that's like half the reason I love it so much. It's just like, it's making you laugh. Even if you're laughing at it sometimes, I think that that's, I think that, it was probably a very tactful choice for one, wanting to prove that they themselves could do it, and two, just straight up wanting people to take this movie seriously. Yeah, I mean, this, you have to this think is that this is movie. You have to think that this is like anybody can get a fucking biopic of whoever, like just some white figure from history. <laughs> but it's tough to make a movie like this and for people to take it seriously. Yeah. And I think that they did consider that that like we want this movie to be like quote-unquote prestige i wonder if there were cut scenes that were shot and then also what scenes that like you know they really wanted to keep in that got left out of the script because this is a super tight movie this movie is just all plot like Mm -hmm. it's just happening 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 which is great to watch yeah um it it literally doesn't drag at all yeah exactly and that's i mean that's this movie's fucking killer man like like i said i think it's it's the best move new movie i've watched in over a year um it just it, it beats hard. Like you watch it. You're not for a second thinking like, I don't know. Should I like, should I cook something right now? No, no yeah. you're watching this. Well, I that, never looked at my phone once while exactly, watching. Exactly. That's kind of what I meant when I was saying that it just transfers really well to watching it at home because all, all I had to do was just like turn all the lights off, crank up my sound. And I was in for two hours, just fully in uh, this movie's angry angry as fuck and i think that the the comedy wouldn't gel so well with how angry this movie is and how uh kind of violent it gets because it 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 has these scenes of like kind of you know gory like violent intensity that have to happen because that's how it really fucking went down Mm -hmm. and we don't want to see the clean cut palatable version are we like, are we that. in spoilers no, not uh, quite. well i did want to like just basically i just want to say yeah. one other thing is that maybe there was more comedy in the first script in the lucas brothers script yeah because i mean they have story by credit but they do not have screenplay credit yeah so maybe just, that was a shaka that's and, the, uh, that's like a wga Wilberson thing choice. like they wrote the original so they get story and then it got but like they could have like really trimmed up oh totally yeah that's that's just what i was wondering watching it i was like this like it's not like it's you want to release the lucas cut (laughs) we should uh we should talk about the ending so if you haven't seen it we're gonna spoil the ending um it's a high 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 recommend check it out on hbo max judas and the black messiah or let's get into spoilers It's a bloodbath. Yeah. And um, that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about this movie, that it doesn't leave out 
the shit that's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And it has plenty of time for the shit that's easy to watch. Like, that's one of the things I love about this movie is like the quiet scenes between Kaluuya and Fishback. Like, that's yeah. that that's some of my favorite stuff in the movie where you get to see these people just be people mm-hmm. and be human and, and grounded and uh, emotional. But at a certain point, Judas got a Judas. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets extremely graphic. And I, I like yelped <laughs> and mm. just grabbed my face and, and I knew it was coming because we said earlier, like, that's the nature of the story and the fucking title gives it away essentially. But the way it's kind of built up and paid off and, and shot and edited, uh, that final like raid that it's a massacre is, is what it is, mm-hmm. is gutting just so so fucking tough one of the other things i really loved about the ending and it kind of also goes into the biblical judas parallels is that the fbi could have just assassinated um fred hampton without uh bill o'neill's help Mm -hmm. like same thing like jesus could have they could romans could have just fucking killed him like they didn't need the help of a judas along their way it just helped expedite the process it kept helped ensure all the other plans and then it's that this person now has to live with this forever and that is the like shining lakeith moment is in that scene where like he can't even like muster up the words like Mm -hmm. it's just all like building inside of him he wants to like scream for help but he can't because he knows like he has that whole thing looming on him that like if they find out I'm a rat, they're going to like pour boiling water on my, yeah, on his crotch. Yeah. It's um another, the, the great lead up to that was when Plemons shows up at the, at the Panther rally. Um, Dude, that, that is the scene. scene that is, is the so fucking scene, fucking man. Good, yeah. Man. It, it owns so hard. Kill this one is pig, the turn I was speaking about. This is, if you want to write a white guy who, all, like is trying to uh be morally helpful this is how you write it because ultimately it's complicitness unless the, you're outright against it the shots of Plemons through the crowd yeah are so effective yeah because he it, he's capable like, of looking very scary him he's an ugly staring man. at the camera like staring like <laughs> kill the pigs kill the pigs yeah. it's psychopath yeah and also well it also does a good job and also this is what i think is great about the best thing about lakeith's performance is i think you do get enough of an inkling that he does get a little into it like he starts liking like the panther side Mm -hmm. of things he starts rooting for them even though he's against them well the the reason why that's the best scene in the movie to me is because you get a little bit from everybody Mm -hmm. you get i mean obviously you get a ton from kaluuya who's giving the speech but you get uh, from from um, Dominique Fishback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, cr- yeah. Crying while still like chanting along. It's, yeah. It's really powerful. The, the, the notion of what it must have been like to be in that audience, to be looking at this man giving this just absolutely magnetic speech and to feel not only the normal things that you would feel from that speech but to be connected to him on that you know more like romantic intimate level too and, and to be having his baby yeah, was, that's yeah having his child and he's you talking see all about, of that yeah in the and he's talking about how he will die oh, for God. the movement um 
it rules hard. Like, yeah, that scene is like an ultimate ensemble. Her, scene. her face is so expressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, she's a good actress. Just, she's got this really like inviting she got presence. A, yeah. She got big actor head. Um, I hope she gets lots of work after this. I feel I, I want to see her in more yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I hope so. You, ne- you know, you never know because especially black women still have a really hard time. I right. know. Obviously, yeah. like leading roles are hardly existent. Uh, but yeah, she it's just it's an incredible scene all around because it's all of the tensions coming together in one room in a happy scene. Yeah. <laughs> and yet there are all these sources of anxiety for us yeah. watching. It's it, it's well, brilliantly it, written. That's another like thing about this movie that is genius in the script writing and in the direction is that we know where the movie is going and we are still all on board all the way we get s- swept up in these speeches that fred hampton is giving but we don't we don't know exactly how it's going to we don't get know how there. it's going to go but we know he's going to die exactly it's not called judas and the black messiah for no reason yeah like yeah it's- but the the biggest point that, that you guys made earlier about how like it had to happen the way it did in in order to snuff out the energy of the black panther party that they had been building up, you know, post Malcolm, post yeah. Martin assassinations. Like there was this real, I mean, I, we can't even imagine what it must've been like. We have to talk to people who actually lived in that time period. And I know Lee talked to her aunt about it. Um, when Martin Luther King was murdered, like by the, FBI. by the, yeah, essentially by the FBI. Like <laughs> there's a scene in this movie where, uh, Jay Edgar like essentially says like we have to kill him just like we killed Martin Luther King like it's it's all but explicitly stated yeah and the the scene where they talk to the crowns and they're like we were there for Martin Luther what about y'all and he was like oh what happened to Martin Luther huh yeah. <laughs> you, you let the feds get to but him. The, the exactly the fallout of what happened immediately after he was killed for an entire portion of the population, it was it was like the end of the world. Yeah, they were at full on war. Yeah, and he was uh, Martin Luther King was like a what much 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 more famous person than Fred Hampton. Like he yeah. he was someone who actually like. But they saw the potential well, because Martin Luther King was more palatable for white. Yeah, exactly. He, he yeah, was, <laughs> but you're right. Like they they saw that this guy what it could become. Had, yeah, he had that magnetic quality. He was such a good fucking speaker and writer like uh he was 21 man 21 that's still like that's outrageous when you see the archival footage even like the the end of the it's like oh no this isn't exaggerated this was just actually how incredible of an orator that he was like the real i am a revolutionary speech Um, one other thing going back a little bit that i wanted to talk about was the shootout scene yeah at the black Panthers headquarters whenever at that point fred hampton was already arrested and so it's just lakeith and kind of the supporting cast which speaking of wanted to give a shout out to uh ashton sanders who uh from moonlight fame um oh yeah plays jimmy who plays jimmy who, who gets jimmy palmer who shot. also gets killed by yeah. the feds um another, another brutal scene yeah um but that shootout scene is just like an excellently done shootout of just like hmm. the craft. That is an incredible Lakeith moment too, where he's like, you can see like he set them up and everything. And then he's trying to escape and he can't get out one door. And like, you can feel the anxiety building within him that he's like, 
I think that's the moment where he starts to have a turn where he buys into the Panthers because he's like, oh, I was about to get shot. They were not going to give a shit if I said I'm an mm-hmm. FBI informant. Yeah, they, don't they were care. just going to fucking kill me. Yeah, he was like, oh, Jesse Plemons doesn't give a fuck about me. No, also, you are a pawn. Also, that's just it. just the idea of like just shooting in general, right? Like the, the Black Panther Party through and through, they were trained to handle weapons like mm-hmm. they were comfortable with a rifle and with pistols like they knew how to use it. But this guy. He's an outsider, like he's an infiltrator. He doesn't have that training. And especially if you think of the real Bill O'Neill, who was like, what, 19, you said? Yeah. Like what it must have been like in that situation. And he's holding a rifle. And he's the head of their security. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. Insane to be in a situation where like you're expected to be able to handle this firearm and be able to use it effectively. And you're just this kid who is way, way, way in over his head. And like, that's the thing that I keep coming to. And like, ultimately, like I, 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 I'm kind of like head over heels for this movie, but there is this like thing that I keep button my head on about like this, this Lakeith character and like how it could have been improved, how we could have like understood him more and connected to his journey more because I was so much more invested in Kaluuya and everything that he was doing but the movie's not centered around him the movie's centered around Lakeith yeah I think um one really brilliant thing they did to set up the fact that his character isn't going on that much of an emotional journey is he steals a car in the very beginning gets caught (laughs) um yeah and then like the first chance he gets to get something from Jesse Plemons from the feds, he gets a car. Yeah. He just wants what he wants. Yeah. Like he's out there for himself for the most part. He could be swayed one way or the other, but at the end of the day, he's just like a dude who's trying to like get his shit. And he, and he, I think to a certain extent, and I, I feel like Lakeith's performance really communicates this really well is like, he doesn't really know what he wants. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't. Fucking he's a know. kid. I just, like, I, he just wants. Yeah. He's like, you can give me cars and money. It's, That's exactly. It's not it's like he has. Year old. He doesn't have like aspirations. Right. He or, doesn't like. Yeah. He doesn't see himself as an informant. And that, yeah, and if, I think that the movie does a really good job at showing other FBI informants. One of them, Lil Ray Howery, who plays like yes, the pimp, who shows up. Incredible. I was like, is that fucking Lil Ray Howery? And then it was. Um, and then looking like the, a pimp guy uh who shows up from the other chapter who's just like we killed a f- we killed yep. an insider and all this stuff and it's revealed that he was the insider mm-hmm. and they're just like it, jesse Plemons. it's kind of the most human moment that he has where he's just like so you're just gonna let this guy get away with murder and he's just like well he killed a black panther so they're not people yeah like that is it shows like I like that this movie didn't show that it's not like all the chips are in the Bill O'Neill basket. There's so many others that are in this yeah, same he's position. Just, he's just one of them. He's being exploited. He thinks he's a pawn. He, yeah, he thinks he's doing the exploiting. <laughs> yeah. Like he wants the power. Um, it's a fascinating character. The more I think about it, the more I, I like it. And I'm 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 okay with how it was handled because the the move to make him more compelling is to make him more sympathetic, and they don't want to make an informant who helped get Fred Hampton mm-hmm. killed exactly. sympathetic. You cannot I, right. there's no way in fucking it's, hell it rides the line really yeah, well. So they do it so you can and- tell that he is extremely conflicted on the inside. In real life, he killed himself, 
Yeah, he killed himself the day that the interview went live where he talks about. Yeah, like he and you can tell like it's like Plemons says after he sees him at the rally, he's like, either you deserve the Oscar for best actor or you're actually getting into this shit, man. Like I I could see you. okay, you like it. Yeah. And he was like, no, man, I don't know what you're talking about, because I think maybe even he didn't realize it. Like, I think this is a man who is so in denial about everything he's doing that he doesn't even know that he is getting into but it's the, it's the power of fred hampton too yeah like you just can't at a certain point this guy is so magnetic yeah, and also just the power of like being right like they yeah. were correct yeah <laughs> i mean they were they were pretty radical but you kind of had to be because they just they Incremental they had a handicap change, yeah like they talk like incremental change is bullshit like that doesn't you don't accomplish anything with incremental change. Yeah. you need a fucking revolution the the, the amount obviously it's been well covered territory but the amount that this shit in particular is whitewashed from history textbooks Dude, is nuts the way that they're like yeah they, there's like a chapter on martin luther king and then they're like yeah he he butted heads with malcolm x he who gave was another speech. guy anyway <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean they're like yeah malcolm x was another guy who was also pretty good at that stuff but he, he was to, so radical he wanted to like, fight us yeah like it's like so just it's so fucking disgusting like thinking back on how much we heard about any Black Panther activity, we we didn't learn shit. No, we just learned about any. We of just this. learned that Malcolm X was the more uh, divisive one, and Martin Luther King was the good one. And yeah. it's kind of funny and now. They both now ended that, up in the same fucking you know place. Yeah, yeah if, they both ended up six feet underground, way too young. If Assassinated. you do, if you do more research, it's like Malcolm X wasn't even like that crazy radical of a guy. He just like. He was more of just like we need to fight the oppressor and everything, but he was like, well, back then, still, but I mean, he was a member of the Nation of Islam. Like he was just like, still like very much like we need to kind of do this the right. Like he wasn't way. a black. And he Panther. was a politician. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and he also like he was you know he's the poster boy of like that movement because he had quotes about like how violence might be necessary. Um. You know, by any means necessary. That's his most famous quote. So. It it makes sense. It's just like I don't know. I feel like we need more and more and more movies. Yes, that's <laughs> which what I'm I saying. The, the thing is though, this is how we view it through this prism. But like most people don't change their opinions based on movies. But but they can. It can yeah, start but, at least. Yeah, like what if the movie's good well, enough? Most people just don't. Like the mo- least well, no, not because of the movie, but the movie will get them on a path it'll start a conversation and that's the most important thing that this movie can do culturally is that it starts a conversation the movie alone won't do it but it'll it'll I get know. those gears i'm turning. saying what's more important is that history textbooks are rewritten like yeah. that's way yeah. more important than movies it just is like we kids need to learn about this from a young age in order for it to leave an impact like I, if, if you're like 30 and already think everything you think like New things don't really come in that easily. Yeah. <laughs> when you're that impressionable as a child and you learn about what we did to these people. Yes. You will become you'll be radicalized but, instantly. That's why but, they won't do it. <laughs> but the problem and this is why it's still a fucking problem is because the things that were done were so horrific that they don't want children to be exposed to well, such horrors and it's so that's why it just gets it gets fucking sanitized and whitewashed to hell and then the whole cycle just keeps repeating itself well, because it was it's such the, the history is so horrible and and disgusting that they just want to protect well, children from it it's well that's like the excuse but they don't want to protect children they we learned so much about the holocaust from the time where they were so young yeah and that's that's true the most disgusting act ever committed 
Uh, it's just because we did it. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't want, like the, the FBI wasn't even renamed. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't even just like, okay, now we're going to have a new uh, acronym. <laughs> like this is the FBI doing this. Yeah. The FBI is still around and it's supposed to be an organization we trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they will not have kids doubting that level of authority at the same time that they're learning about that level of authority. They're learning about like the three branches of government. It's, it's, it sucks, man. But uh, this movie does an awesome job because it will keep you on board just to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you will learn some absolutely horrendous shit while you're watching it. It's raw and brutal and real. So one of the things I wanted to say before we closed out is this movie's Oscars chances. Because I think that that Kaluuya. is one way to really keep this conversation going is if this movie gets a bunch of nominations and if it gets some wins in there. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is right now. I'm on Gold Derby right now. Kaluuya is favored. Number two is Sasha Baron Cohen in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Number two, and there is a lot of Trial of the Chicago Seven stuff on here, and that would be the most. Ugh. That would be the most like. It's boring. Kind of white people, like fake white lib. People, yeah, white people racist to just be like black people. Ah, uh, yeah. Movies. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately, I think that that I'm not even going to watch that movie. I'm going to be honest. I'm not watching that. I'm going to see it. I have no interest in how Sorkin handles the Chicago 7. I hate even thinking about how he handles it. And he might do it decently well. I don't want to watch it. I want to watch this. Yeah, this is a Mm -hmm. fucking great movie. I, I could feel hey right now in gold derby uh this is not going to happen but minari is the third best odds to win best picture that's okay. nomadland trial of the chicago seven minari uh mank is down at six uh not looking good for the mank hype what mank what's hive. um what what's about, the screenplay race looking like let me pull up screenplay real quick i feel like this will go for original right yeah it's an original story yeah um i looked at it before yeah, it's not adapted. Um, original screenplay. <laughs> number one, Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, it's down at number seven right now. But the thing to keep in mind with this is, is this movie just came out. Uh, this know. could be a big late riser. Think about like the last couple of years there have there's been a movie that came out like limited release on Christmas Day that people didn't actually see until early mid January and then suddenly we're all talking about 1917 yeah, last but year. But those didn't that get to still be in the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards? It did. That's a huge deal. The, yeah. the those award shows predict the Oscars and this is not in those at all. So that's uh, Daniel Kaluuya. And not, I think that uh um did did or did uh it get best shocker king no 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 i meant for the sag awards like best ensemble no i don't think maybe so. not no. no it was allowed to enter into those though? maybe it wasn't because it I didn't actually get a release until uh february 1st yeah like is it is it in kaluuya kaluuya has a sag nomination okay good but i mean even that, like and not I think that's, a that's lot of only people one. have seen yeah. that at all like at the time that sag nominations were due he's got to so. win man he's got to get it this is nuts it's like, it's, it's not stupid. a conversation so the, what are we the, fuck if sasha baron cohen gets it for trial to chicago seven i'm gonna tell myself that he got for fucking borat too i'm not hell yeah yeah the other noms are sacha chadwick for defy bloods jared leto for the little things and what are we doing people <laughs> leslie odom jr for uh one night in miami leslie odom jr is great in one night in miami i will say that the the last thing I, I wanted to touch on it, and we kind of touched on this earlier with the, the point about um the whole like pawns 
Like I talked about how Jesse Plemons is a pawn, right? Like he, there's that scene where he gets pushed into like saying that his daughter would never be with a black man, mm-hmm. right? Like he is a, a, a pawn in, in the game. And um, the, the, that's the, my biggest, uh, like one of my favorite things about the, the way the story was told is like how Lakeith is a pawn, how Bill O'Neill is a pawn. Like mm-hmm. he is just used. He makes this mistake. He ends up in the clutches of the FBI and then he becomes this pawn in their game. And, and I think that that's like one of the best things about this movie is and, and how we view these stories and how we view the trajectory of like, the struggle of black people in America and the civil rights. Like there's the, just this, this pattern of people being used of being like picked up and plopped in on this board without any agency or power or decision-making. And every once in a while you have people like Fred Hampton who try to break free of that and who try to be, outside of the bounds of mm-hmm. being a pawn and it's amazing and it's absolutely incredible and we need to not only protect those people but tell their stories um and that's that's why i think this movie is is so important but it's not it's not just like a quote unquote important film it's also just an absolute banger well-made movie. yeah it's yeah it's just a it's it's a romp no <laughs> and i can't i can't wait to see what shaka king does next I, I i am so excited uh for whatever he does next it's it's a triumph yeah. it's a triumph of i have uh i i have season tickets to shaka Kong. shaka king now i'm all in shaka king <laughs> shaka king <laughs> shaka king incredible name yeah that is like an all-timer name right there um well that about does it for this review check out the movie if you haven't let us know what you thought um we bought a mic on twitter we bought a mic at gmail.com and uh please rate review subscribe and um donate thanks to all the donors for donating we have two other big movies to talk about coming up with minari and nomadland so you can look forward to both of those and then our nick cage series starts um stick around for that thanks for listening we love you bye bye bye